Ah, everybody, welcome to Canada's Pinball Podcast. Now, this podcast is going to be one of the most important podcasts I ever do because I want to say something that just needs to be said. And I'm going to say it to everybody. And in a world that has become increasingly greedy, I'm going to make this show free for everybody. Now, if you don't know who I am, my name's Canada. I do a little pinball podcast. I'm always on the side of the consumer, keeping these companies accountable. And if you want to listen to Canada's Pinball Podcast, you have to sign up on Patreon because I gave shows for free for five years and then the trollers tried to dox me and now it's all of us Canada fans just having a good time. And this show's not free because I want your Twippy vote, even though I have your Twippy vote. The reason why I want to make this show free is what I'm going to say on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast means a lot to me because Stern Pinball means a lot to me because pinball means a lot to me because Stern Pinball is the leader in the pinball hobby. They are the leader in the pinball industry. And I don't want to see what we love about pinball be destroyed by the greediness of a few executives over at Stern Pinball by a few executives or marketing decision makers over at Jersey Jack Pinball. This hobby has been so much fun over the last 10 years. If you look at the games that have come out over the last 10 years, they dominate the top 20 games of all time by pinball fan rankings. Stern Pinball alone has 11 out of the top 20 pinball machines of all time. And if you look at the games on that list, They're all phenomenal pinball machines. Anyone who owns any of those games has one of the greatest pinball machines ever that they will enjoy for many, many years to come. Keith Elwin himself has four out of those 11 games. Keith Elwin himself has the number one pinball machine of all time in Godzilla. That is why it pains me to see what has happened this week. Stern Pinball using Keith Elwin to make a move to release a game that is the biggest FU to pinball collectors in the history of pinball releases. And we've been through a lot over the last couple of years. All of us have been through a lot personally. We've been through a lot with COVID, with our jobs. We have friends and family who might have had health issues, who've had job losses. And I feel for everybody. I feel for these companies that have had supply chain issues. I really do. But none of that, none of that makes up for what has happened in the pinball landscape over the last year. And I mean it when I say it. The other pinball media is so hell-bent on celebrating these companies at all costs, at interviewing all of the personalities over at these companies because that's what matters most, right? That's where the ratings are. That's where the celebration in pinball lies, right? You have to interview everybody. But I'm here to tell you right now, I've won the Favorite Pinball Podcast for five years in a row because I don't want to interview the pinball companies because I want to celebrate the best in pinball because I want these companies to give us magical worlds under glass. But I also don't want to just cheerlead these for-profit companies at all costs. I would rather be on the side of you, the buyer. And I'm so tired of hearing about, oh, the livelihood of this and the livelihood of that. Guess what? Each and every one of us is sacrificing our livelihoods to buy these pinball machines. And for almost a decade, we had it all really, really good. 
these companies would make these magical machines, they would price them fairly, and they would pass on the value to the customer. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun buying LEs at $7,500. It was a lot of fun seeing Wizard of Oz for $6,500. It was a lot of fun when Jersey Jack showed his Pirates of the Caribbean, and anybody could have walked up and bought one for $12,500, right? It was a lot of fun. And it wasn't like this, I'm going to stab everybody in the back to get a game. It wasn't like these pinball companies were trying to find the price ceiling on every single launch. And now here we are today. They've removed so much magic from these games. Here we are today in a time in which pinball is the most expensive it's ever been in the history of pinball. And the games have less in them now than they ever did, like in the last 10 years. And all of a sudden, everybody wants you to just forget what we know and why we love this hobby. Now, I want to talk about this James Bond release and why I think what Stern has done over the last couple of days is one of the sleaziest marketing moves in the history of pinball. And I'm not going to be ranting and raving because I respect Stern Pinball. I respect George Gomez. I respect Keith Elwin. I respect the men and women who put those machines together. Remember, there are hundreds of people over at Stern Pinball that break their backs every day to put together these complex mechanical devices and my hat goes off to them. And I'm telling you, all those hundreds of people, they were let down this week and the reputation of the company they work for, they were all let down by the marketing decision to price this game, this barren, basically home pin game. This is like a barren, the pin home version of a Stern machine to price one of the most basic Stern machines ever made as the most expensive Stern pinball machine of all time, and not just the most expensive Stern pinball machine, the most expensive MSRP pinball machine in the history of pinball, and you look down at this game, and that is an utter joke if you look at it through that lens. And I'm not gonna tell you all the inside information I have about this game, and how maybe Keith Owen himself isn't really happy about this pricing, and he knew this would get raked over the coals, but that's a true story. But what does Canada know? He only has the Twippies on the shelf and he doesn't care about interviewing Keith Elwin. He'd rather tell you how Keith Elwin really feels, not what he can tell you on a podcast because then he'd get in trouble with Stern Pinball. So here's the thing. I want to walk us through the history of this launch and what has happened and why what happened over the last two days is so significant. So in September, Stern announced there would be this collectible version of James Bond. And guess who broke you that news story? I did. Everyone said it was crazy. The game came out. Now, we didn't see the game. What did Stern do to the James Bond fan base? Because I do believe that a pinball company has an obligation with every new launch to make sure they respect the fan base of that theme, to make sure they price the game accordingly, they put as much as they can, right? They theme integrate it to the best of their ability. What did Stern do? They showed you the George Gomez pins. They showed us the most expensive Stern Elite to date, $13,000, right? 14 grand with tax. And we got to see the George Gomez pin. The pin was incomplete. They marched it out onto the show floor over in England, and then they quickly took it off the show floor. And then what did they do, people? They didn't show you much of the game. We knew the code was incomplete. And then what happened? They made you buy the game before you saw much more of the game. But here's the real thing they did. If you're a James Bond collector and you know, because they told you in September there was a Keith Elwin game coming, did they show you the Keith Elwin pin and the George Gomez pin so you could make up your mind as a James Bond collector which machines you wanted to buy? They didn't do that. 
They purposely held back the Keith Elwin game, and we know it was ready to be shown because we saw the leaked image in September. So they purposely held it back to get all of your money, all 1,000 of you to pay up in fall and ship those LEs before they showed you the Keith Elwin machine. So I would argue that that was a little bit of a sleazy marketing move. I understand why they did it, but I also think that was a sleazy marketing move, but it is what it is. So now imagine being a James Bond collector and you wake up January 3rd, you're all excited to see what this exclusive and Stern build it as a highly collectible James Bond 60th anniversary machine. And then what happens? They reveal the game and they sell it directly on Stern's website. Now, this is a really important part of this story. Stern Pinball has only once before sold a super expensive, super rare game on its website. It was six years ago and it was Batman SLE and they sold it for $15,000 and they sold all 80 of them directly to customers. And you had to actually submit a proposal, like a video proposal to Stern for the right to buy one. But every single one of those games was sold directly from Stern to the customer. And for some of you newbies in the hobby right now, you weren't around then, but there was an uproar. There was an uproar that the game was that much money. And there was an uproar that Stern made you sort of beg for the right to buy one. Now, looking back now, how beautiful, how magical, how majestical, how worth the money now is that Batman 66 SLE? I would argue that was the last great attempt by Stern Pinball to go over a machine and make sure every single inch of the machine was covered with beautiful detail. And you can see why to this day, that is still probably the most beautiful pinball machine Stern has ever put out and might ever put out. I won't even get started on how ugly James Bond is with the lazy drag and drop artwork. I'm not even going to go there, but you know. So that was the only time, right? So I want to remind people of something because people keep trying to chime in to apologize for this James Bond game saying, well, Stern priced Beatles at $25,000 and no, they did not. I want to remind people, Stern never put an official price on Beatles Diamond, right? They released Beatles Diamond, Platinum, and Gold. What Stern did was they let the distributors set the price of Beatles Diamond. And I heard behind back channels, they recommended that dealers might be able to get $25,000 for a Beatles Diamond. And keep in mind, Beatles Diamond is the same exact game as Beatles Platinum and Beatles Gold, and they all look identical. It was only for the armor and the plaque that was different and some artwork tweaks, but that was it. But Stern never officially said that game was worth $25,000. And then when Elvira House of Horror's 40th anniversary came out, Stern also did not put an official MSRP on the game. They sold that game to distributors for $15,000. And what happened? 
the distributors got together. There was a little bit of collusion. And early on, they colluded and set a $25,000 price tag on Elvira. And think about that for a minute. A distributor was making $10,000 over their cost of the game. I mean, Stern ostensibly turned the distributors and the dealers into scalpers to put more money in their pockets, okay? So who is Stern looking out for? Are they looking out for the customer? Are they looking out for the thousands and thousands of us that have to go to work each day and work super hard to make this much money to buy these machines? No, they're looking out for their sales force and they're looking out for themselves. I want to remind people of that because dealers didn't have to sell Elvira at 25, but many did and many listed it at that. And I'm going to tell you what happened with that story because I have some friends who bought Elvira at 25,000. People who had FOMO, they ran in and they bought it. And then what happened? It was quite clear that there were not 199 people willing to spend $25,000 on the pin. And then the price started to slide down and dealers started to sell them for around $18,000. So imagine how you feel if you're a buyer, you ran in and spent 25 and just a few months later, the game is selling for $7,000 less. None of this would have happened. None of it. And I mean this. If Stern Pinball had put an MSRP of this game at $15,000 like Batman SLE, they should have put the $15,000 MSRP and then let the market determine the price. That is how pinball should be. The value of a game should be passed on to the consumer and the market should set the price. So then you get to this James Bond game. The market didn't set the price, Stern did. And I knew this was an interesting thing when Stern decided to sell this game directly. They were going to broadcast to all of us in the world what they thought this game was worth. They were going to broadcast to everybody in the world how they feel about us, the pinball collector community. This was their moment. This was their moment to really think about it strategically. You know, Stern has the smartest people in pinball. They have the smartest engineers, the smartest designers, the smartest coders. They have the smartest businessmen. George Gomez is one of the biggest geniuses I've ever met. I have nothing but respect for him. But somewhere along the line, as this game was being developed, they stood over this game. And as a company and as an organization, someone made the decision, looking down at that game, and said, we can get $20,000 for this. The pinball buying community is a bunch of suckers and they will buy this game. They made that decision and they put that price on their website and they sold it directly on sternpinball.com for $19,995. I have images of it. And when you check out with sales tax and shipping, it is over $22,000 thousand dollars to get the machine to your door now ladies and gentlemen that happened on wednesday it is now just thursday within 48 hours what has happened stern pinball has now removed the price of the machine from their website i want each and every one of you to ask yourselves why do you think stern has removed the price of the game from its website because they're embarrassed by it 
They don't want to stand behind it. And you know what they're doing now? Because now they realize there aren't 500 Neil McCrae's out there who are James Bond fanatic and don't care about the money. They are realizing not only did they overprice it, but they've enraged the pinball community. And I'm glad that the pinball community is enraged. I like going on Pinside and reading that 99% of us are all united, that you can't usher out a game like this with barely anything in it and price it at this. This is the biggest slap in the face to the very community that has kept Stern Pinball so profitable over the years. And I don't care about Twippies. I don't care about Patreon subscribers. Everybody needs to hear this because I'm tired of hearing all of the other media just celebrate all of these moves by all of these companies. We need to call it like it is. For all of these years, who has kept Stern Pinball in business? It's been the people that have been buying all of these LEs. It's been the home collectors because your FOMO and your desire to own these great pinball machines is the reason why distributors have been able to sell games so quickly. And it's because of the special version of these games. That's the reason why these distributors are able to sell them so quickly. It's also the reason why distributors order premiums and pros because to get a certain amount of LEs, they're also going to order the other stuff. And it was a great golden decade for pinball. Nobody was greedy. Everybody saw the value in every single version of the game they got. We saw the value in the LEs. We saw the value in the premiums. We saw the value in the pros. Everybody had a seat at the pinball table. Everybody was enjoying the meal they could afford. And then you go and do this, Stern. You raise a middle finger to the collector community, and then you want to try to erase the evidence by taking the price of the game off your website? How do you think the internet works? It doesn't work like this, Stern. We remember. We remember what you priced the game at. We know how little you think about us now. And this is what makes me sad is I don't think this was Keith Elwin's decision. I don't even think it was really George Gomez's decision. I think this was a marketing decision by the new executive from over at Disney and, you know, the other guy over at Topps Trading Cards. I really hope that pinball does not get hijacked by people who just want to get as much profit as possible out of every single launch. I get it. You're a for-profit company, but you can't kill the golden goose. Pinball existed in this great ecosystem in which everybody was satisfied. The companies were making multi-millions of dollars. The community was having fun buying games that weren't the price of a car. And now it's all over. And it's not just Stern. JJP is doing the same idiotic thing. And the unfortunate thing for Stern Pinball is that Canada's Pinball Podcast exists. Because I want to do shows like this that keep these companies accountable. Because this is not a good business practice. See, here's the dilemma now for Stern Pinball. Do you want to know why they've removed the price from their website? It's real simple, people. You don't even have to be as smart as I am. You know, I, I was private school educated. Here's why they removed the price. Because distributors were not able to sell all 500 machines. Not even close. And so, here's the other part. Stern probably gave these games to distributors for $15,000, right? It was a $5,000 thank you to every single distributor. But here's what's happening. 
Distributors can't sell the machine at $20,000 because look at this damn machine. I'm not even going to go over how pathetic it is that we even have to have a conversation about a machine this barren, this ugly, this simple. It's just a simple machine. I get it. It probably shoots great. It's nothing against Keith Elwin's design, but Keith Elwin with a straight face would never sell you this game for $20,000. They can't sell it. The distributors can't find enough people to buy this machine. So what's happening now is behind the scenes, distributors are offering this game for less than $20,000. And here's the other part. Stern will not allow a distributor to advertise a price for this machine to be less than $20,000. And that is why they are removing the price from their website. They're trying to act as if none of this ever happened. You know, and, and look, here's the thing. I would be willing for Stern Pinball to say we're sorry and change the price of this game to $15,000 and do a mea copa and stop trying to treat us like a bunch of fools. But they're not going to do that. And this is the most embarrassing moment since I've been covering pinball for Stern Pinball. It really is embarrassing. This takes the cake. This is more embarrassing than Jersey Jack Pinball thinking Toy Story CE is worth $15,000. As if we can't put Toy Story CE next to Wizard of Oz, which once cost $6,500 and has three times as much in the game. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you right now. There is an entire army of pinball personalities and media that just want you to buy everything. There is this narrative spreading through the pinball space that to celebrate pinball, we have to celebrate everything. And that's not the case. I love Stern Pinball. I've owned Stern Pinball machines. I absolutely loved Lord of the Rings. It was my first pinball machine. Lord of the Rings, which came out and cost like $5,700, has five times more magic in it than James Bond for $13,000. And it was designed by George Gomez. And either we're going to wake up everybody and get out of this coma where just theme alone and flow and artwork is all we demand for this much money. It's a total joke where it's all going. And nobody else wants to say this. See, this is what's so disappointing. Pointing. I know they're capable of putting more magic into the games. How can you design a Lord of the Rings in 2004 with all of that cool stuff in it? And then in 2022, we get a plastic sex toy that just bobbles back and forth. And that's where pinball is at. And then you're going to charge almost three times as much money for the James Bond. I'm telling you right now, labor and material costs and inflation should not have tripled the cost of Pinball Machine over that period of time. And we're either, as a community, going to start demanding more. And here's the thing. If people stop running at these things, at these high-priced pins with half as much in them, the moment you stop running at them, guess what's going to happen? They're going to put more magic into the games. They're going to give you more for your money. It's that simple. And I'm looking at all of you super wealthy pinball collectors. You need to pause a little bit. I get it doesn't matter to you that it's only money. But if you keep running at this stuff and you keep just throwing money at barren games like Toy Story 4 and games like James Bond 60th, you're going to hurt it for everybody. Maybe just wait a little bit. Take your 
millions of dollars, go on a Hawaii vacation, do something else, but stop telling these pinball companies that they should get a passing grade on games that aren't giving the value. And I asked a very simple question on my Facebook Live the other night, and I think this is one of the most important questions we should be asking because pinball is all about a magical world under glass. You should look down at a $20,000 Stern pinball machine and see some magic. You should see some engineering marvel. You should see the ball do something it's never done before. You should see a mech you've never seen before. You should see incredible stuff. For $20,000, this Stern pinball machine, it should be Twilight Zone had a baby with Tales of the Arabian Nights and they both are crack babies, okay? That's what it should look like, all right? Not this with no inner art blades and just flat black on the front of the game. You walk up to the most expensive pinball machine ever and it's the most boring boring pin to walk up to. This is the one question I want all of you to ask. This is a period in time in which pinball is the most expensive it's ever been in the history of pinball. And I want to ask you one simple question. Over the last two years, name me one magical or truly innovative mechanism that has been put into a pinball machine over the last two years by these 12 companies making pinball machines other than the Godzilla building. There are 12 companies making pinball machines right now. And I could go back during the Bally Williams era and one game alone would have five more magical mechs than all of these new games combined. Everybody, I'm not demanding this stuff. No one's forcing us to buy pinball, but this is the most expensive pinball has ever been. And what this James Bond launch has done, for me at least, it's opened our eyes to how little they think of us. And this is the thing, and this is why Canada is unpopular with other shows and other people and other personalities, because they're all trying to sell you games. And I get it, everyone in the industry, their livelihood, is connected to the consistent sale of pinball. Everyone who works at Stern Pinball's livelihood is connected to it. Everyone who's a distributor is connected to it. Even the operators are somewhat connected to it. And for the love of everybody's livelihood, the greatest way to preserve the livelihood of all of these people is to make quality games that have the value in them that make us want to buy them and not question whether or not we're being ripped off. And all you got to do is go back a few years and that's when we had the golden goose. Everybody was winning. Everybody was making money. Everybody was happier. And you can tell by the vibe of the community that the vibe was so much more positive. We can't let the COVID feeding frenzy on prices dictate the future of pinball. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to Canada's Pinball Podcast. I hope other people realize I'm doing this because I love this hobby. I get branded as a toxic negative person. It's not toxic and negative to spit the truth like this. If you're not a Canada Club member, we would love to have you. And if you haven't voted yet in the Twippies for favorite pinball podcast, here's your chance. And you know, you know, if we win number six, I'm gonna put those cargo shorts on and I'm gonna march into TPF and I'm gonna hoist that trophy up for each and every one of you who voted. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs>